0: Luck is never just luck.
1: If you think winning is only a matter of chance, think again. We bring you sports gaming strategies and information that changes outcomes. Keep it here and get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Hour number two here on this Monday morning, the first day in the month of november right here on the grid in the morning after you're listening on sirius xm channel 204 all across the sports grid network in our number two a full-blown recap of weekend number nine across college football some called it statement saturday here on the grid we called it the best regular season weekend of the year and boy oh boy was it fantastic what about that game in east lansing ha the beverage convention in jacksonville a late night thrill out in salt lake city notre dame and north carolina i could go on and on helping me to make sense of the entire saturday slate is sports grid's college football analyst joe lisi joining us for this second hour here On the grid and Joe it was a great weekend across the country in college football and last night we got some breaking news to cap things off TCU firing longtime head coach Gary Patterson the initial report said it was a mutual parting of ways. It really made it seem like it was a firing because TCU let Gary Patterson go. They asked him to coach the remainder of the year. Gary said, "Nah." So it probably wasn't the most amicable of breakups, and it was a long relationship between Texas Christian University and Gary Patterson as the head man of that Horned Frogs football program, the second longest tenured coach. In the history or the second longest tenured coach really in college football right now only behind Kirk Ferentz at Iowa Gary Patterson had been at TCU. This was his 22nd season so Joe after a great weekend on the field. What did you make of the news off the field for TCU.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, Ben. I I wrote about it a couple of years ago. I actually put Gary Patterson on the hot seat because you look at his tenure there in the Big 12 from basically 2016 to 2018. They were just a middle-of-the-road team within the Big 12. I mean, we talk about the teams uh, with Trevon Boykin where they they were in national top five type of competition. And from that point, basically in 2016, 2017, they took a step back and regressed, but they just didn't regress from an offensive perspective who's on the defensive side of the ball where he really made his trademark. That's where TCU failed and you look at this year right now, allowing well over 200 rushing yards per game, and you look at the Big 12 Conference as a whole, Ben, just younger head coaches, Neil Brown with West Virginia, you have Chris Kleiman with Kansas State, obviously, you have uh, Matt Campbell there at Iowa State, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, it was very difficult to get back on track, and it's unfortunate because he brought prominence to that program. Go back to the early part of the decade in 2000-2001 where they got the upset win over Oklahoma. It's a far cry since since that day. So it's unfortunate, but at the end of the day, it's a win-now mentality in college football. The
1: 2011 Rose Bowl win over Wisconsin as well, probably the highlight of that TCU football program. It vaulted them into a top-two finish that year in 2010-2011. 181 and 79 overall was Gary Patterson at TCU, but just 45 and 42 since TCU joined the Big 12 Conference in conference games was Gary Patterson in the Horn Frogs. He did so much for that program. There's a statue erected of Gary Patterson on campus, and he was still the coach during the time that statue was placed on campus in fort worth so gary patterson still a lasting impact that has made tcu a team in the big 12 and a name to know across college football but it was a loss to kansas state on Saturday, that sealed the deal, TCU falling 31-12 to 12 to the Cats as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after on the grid. You're listening on Sirius XM channel 204, the mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. I am Ben Stevens, and for this second hour all about college football, we are joined by Joe Lisi. So TCU and Gary Patterson parting ways at this point of the year. TCU, Joe, just one, six, and one against the spread this year just one of seven teams in all of college football at the FBS level that has one loss or less against the number this year so a disappointing season for TCU who you mentioned known for their defense giving up 487 yards throughout the season on average to their opponents that's 11th worst in college football Gary Patterson made his hay being a defensive minded head coach not where the Horn Frogs want to be another head coaching hot seat certainly on the horizon in Lincoln, Nebraska, as well, Joe. The Huskers falling to Purdue at home in Lincoln on Saturday. Nebraska was a a 7.5-point home favorite. They lose to Purdue outright 28-23. A lot of reports out of Lincoln in Cornhusker country. The feeling in the stadium on Memorial Stadium on Saturday was one of dismay that this tenure of Scott Frost, now in his fourth year as the head Husker, might be coming to an end. How hot do you think Scott Frost's seat is for that Husker football program?
0: I think it's very hot because we're not seeing strides in terms of closing the gap against some some of the middle-of-the-road teams within the Big Ten. This is a team in Purdue last year. They won that matchup by 10 points. You're a 7.5-point favorite at home. You need to take care of business, and you don't get it done. And I brought up this, Ben, in terms of a coach that maybe Nebraska can lure. How about Bronco Mendenhall from Virginia? I mm. think that's a perfect fit, a blue-collar type of head coach that maybe can get it done in Lincoln.
1: Nebraska has been a favorite in conference play four times this year. They are just one and three against the spread against Big Ten opponents as a favorite. Scott Frost in his four years at Nebraska, 15 and 26 overall, 10 and 23 in the Big Ten, 6 and 15 against his own division, the Big Ten West. Could it be coming to a close? For the Scott Frost era in Lincoln. Seven coaching vacancies now in all of college football, probably with some more by the time we get to the end of the year. More college football talk on the other side of the break right here on The Morning App. morning after on this monday morning rolls on right here on sports grid sirius xm channel 204 alongside joe lisi for the second hour dedicated to my favorite sport college football i'm your host ben stevens there are just six remaining unbeaten teams in all of college football at the fbs level one of those teams remained unbeaten by knocking off a previously undefeated team in their most bitter rival Michigan State improves to a perfect 8-0 this year, coming back from a 16-point deficit to beat the Michigan Wolverines, retaining the Paul Bunyan Trophy at home in East Lansing on Saturday afternoon. Sparty winning 37-33 over the Wolverines. Now Michigan State ranked 5th in the country, a top 5 ranking in the AP poll, a perfect 8-0 also 6-1-1 one one against the number. I highlight that fact as well, Joe Lisi, because the Spartans, not just one of remaining six unbeatens in all of college football, but one of the three teams left at the FBS level in college football that only have a single loss against the spread. That is where Michigan State has been this year. That is why they are ranked fifth, and that's why they hold on to the Paul Bunyan Trophy after a 37-33 win over their bitter rival in Michigan.
0: An amazing game. I covered the first half of it in, from an in-game perspective. To see them and the mental resolve of their quarterback, Peyton Thorne, step up. Critical fourth down conversions. They were down 30-14. to 14. He hits Reed on a, a big play down the right sideline on a fourth and four. That really catapulted that offense. Kenneth Walker got going A dynamic Heisman performance by Kenneth Walker. I mean, amazing. And think about this, Ben. We all, always talk about Heisman moments. That's what it was for Kenneth Walker. Five rushing touchdowns. He spearheaded the victory 37-33 to 33 over the Michigan Wolverines. That's what it is. I mean, when people look at Matt Corral and Kenneth Walker, there's no debate. Kenneth Walker stepped up on the biggest game of the stage uh, with an undebeaten record on the line. He dominated a Big Ten arch-rival at home, and and it's an amazing victory for Mel Tucker. I mean, they totally transformed this team from 2020 to 2021. They can run it, and they are opportunistic on the defensive side of the ball. And it's the same thing for Jim Harbaugh. The inability and inconsistency to win in a big spot on the road or on a neutral field site, just the same old for the Michigan Wolverines.
1: Jim Harbaugh, 3-9 against Michigan's most bitter rivals, Ohio State and Michigan State. 3-9 against those two storied rivals for the Wolverines football program. 2-9 on the road against ranked opponents as well. 0-6 against teams ranked in the AP Top 10 during his tenure there in Ann Arbor as the head coach for the Michigan football program. Meanwhile, Mel Tucker, a perfect 2-for-2 against the michigan wolverines and you talk about kenneth walker the third joe 23 carries 197 yards five count them one two three four five rushing touchdowns for the spartans in the big win over michigan on saturday that is why kenneth walker the third right now is tied for the third shortest odds to win the heisman trophy at plus 600 with Matt Corral, a Heisman moment that will certainly have Kenneth Walker III invited to New York City to be a part at least as a finalist of that Heisman Trophy presentation when all is said and done come early December. But Michigan State now again a perfect 8-0, 6-1-1 against the spread. They are also 10-1 to win the Big Ten Conference. Still relatively long odds to do that. Ohio State minus 270 as the favorites to win the Big Ten right now. They are also still 80-1 to is Michigan State to win the national championship, tied for the seventh-shortest odds with Baylor. So not the greatest respect in the marketplace for how the future looks for Michigan State. But what you can say for Michigan State is they have been cashing tickets all year long against the spread outright, even in-game live, Joe, because you mentioned you were talking about that first half. Joe Ranieri and I took over in the second half when Michigan State entered the fourth quarter down by a single score, 30-22, to getting the ball back after forcing a Wolverines punt. They were still plus 600 on the money line as the live dogs. Joe and I mentioned it. That's just a ton of value for a one-score game with this team being at home. And sure enough, Michigan State cashes that ticket as well, also covering as a four-and-a-half-point dog at home on Saturday against Michigan. So MSU, one of the six remaining unbeatens in college football, as is the number one team in the land, the Georgia Bulldogs, who have already wrapped up a spot. In the SEC championship game by the end of the month of October, October, Georgia taking care of business in a big way against their rivals, Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party in Jacksonville on Saturday, UGA winning 34 to seven. Absolutely dominant. Again, was that defense for the dogs, Joe, keeping Florida under their team total of 17 and a half. One of my favorite bets all year long in college football.
0: Yeah, great call, Ben. I mean, 355 total yards of offense for Florida, but it wasn't even close. They wore them down in the trenches. This was a, both teams had a bye week, but it was the Georgia defense that really made Anthony Richardson and quarterback Emory Jones ineffective for much of the day. Gave up a fourth quarter touchdown, but by then the game was signed, sealed, and delivered for the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm. This was a complete all-around effort. The ability for Georgia to run on the front seven of Florida, Stetson Bennett played well within the scheme. Didn't didn't have an elite performance, made some critical mistakes. And that's something I think moving forward, Georgia's going to have to obviously clean up. Once they get to the SEC championship game, and whether they face Alabama or another opponent remains to be seen. But in order to make the college football playoff, they're going to need to score points. They need to clean up the quarterback position. But this was a dominant all-around effort against a 500-ball club in the Florida Gators. Who would have thought that after Florida went to the SEC championship game last year, they would struggle like this under Dan Mullen in 2021? I
1: would certainly not have as well. And Joe, you mentioned the total yardage for the Gators. They also ran for 161 yards on the ground. That seems like a lot against a very vaunted Georgia defense, but Florida ran the ball on average entering Saturday, 253 yards per game. So Georgia still able to contain them. The best scoring defense in the country, again, limits their opponent to only one touchdown scored when the ball game was very out of reach late in the fourth quarter as well georgia also covers a 14 and a half point spread as the favorites in this game against uf georgia six and two against the number this year covering by an average margin of 12.1 points per game the highest cover margin in all of college football so georgia minus 200 to win the sec the best odds in their favor as the odds on favorite all year they are also the odds on favorite to win the national championship right now on FanDuel. The first time all year long, Joe Lisi, we have seen a team be in minus money to win the national championship. And oh, by the way, Georgia plays Missouri this upcoming week. The Dogs are a 38-and-a-half-point favorite. That game shouldn't even be televised. We have children that might be watching that shouldn't see that kind of massacre on Saturday, Joe.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously there's the potential from the spread perspective maybe of a little letdown, a high total in terms of this matchup. But Georgia dominated this ballgame last year in Columbia. They ran at will. And when you think about the defensive weaknesses for the Missouri Tigers this year, firing their defensive line coach, allowing well over 250 rushing yards to opposing offenses, it looks like the game plan for Georgia is just run, run, and run until this game is over uh, in Athens, in Sanford Stadium Saturday. Saturday night, So we'll see how that plays out Ben. But when you just look at Georgia's performance in the SEC East this year, there hasn't been a team that's really challenged them outside of Florida. You thought that was the best effort. It's going to take a monumental effort for these teams in the East, like Kentucky, Tennessee, and, and even South Carolina and Florida to get back on track for the next two or three years. The way Kirby Smart has recruited within the landscape.
1: Missouri, a 38-and-a-half-point underdog against Georgia this upcoming Saturday. Missouri, the only team in the FBS level in college football without a win against the spread this year. 0-8 ATS are Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. Quickly here, Joe. Cincinnati beating Tulane on Saturday, winning 31-12, but not covering a nearly four-touchdown spread. Concern about the Bearcats
0: entering the first CFP
1: rankings on Tuesday night?
0: A little bit because now it's back-to-back games where they play down to the level of competition. They might be on the outside looking in in terms of the first poll, Ben.
1: An outright win, but not covering two straight weeks for the Bearcats. We look at some of the overall landscape of college football. That's next. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. And for the entirety of this second hour, talking a little bit of college football, we are joined by Sports Grid's college football analyst Joe Lee. You can hear him each and every day on Sirius XM Channel 204. Pro football full circle into college football full circle, starting at noon Eastern time, going up until 2 p.m. And then each and every Saturday, getting you set for the Slate in College Football on College Football today right here on the grid 9 a.m. to noon eastern bringing you in to your college football saturday it was a great college football saturday this past saturday the final saturday In the month of october and now that we are into the month of november the conference landscape and how the conference standings look across many conferences in college football starting to become a little bit more clear but also with many opportunities to move up and down not only the odds board but the standings as well and joe i think in the acc we saw some movement this weekend based on pittsburgh losing to miami as a nine and a half point favorite at home against the Canes on Saturday. Miami winning outright 38 to 34 over Pitt. Pitt entered the weekend at minus 140 to win the ACC Conference Championship. They are still the favorites currently on FanDuel at plus 120, but a big knock from minus money now to plus money as the favorites in these odds. As you look across the ACC Conference Championship board right now on FanDuel, you also see Wake Forest plus 350 with the second shortest odds to win the ACC. NC State not far behind, only 50 cents at plus 400. Wake Forest, it should be said, Joe, a perfect date. zero this year, 5-0 and in conference action, now ranked 10th in the country. So how do you see the ACC shaking out
0: the rest of the way? It's going to be interesting, Ben. Especially when you saw Miami and Tyler Van Dyke step up and knock off Kenny Pickett as a nine and a half point underdog in Heinz Field Saturday afternoon. Everybody talked about Kenny Pickett. I mean, Van Dyke tossed for over four hundred and three touchdowns in that ball game. But there's a couple of teams that you have to look at. Obviously, Wake Forest eight zero now. Now the schedule gets tougher over the month of November. They have a game as a two and a half point underdog this weekend with North Carolina. Also have to play both. Clemson and NC State so that's a tough road before they end their season with Boston College so I think when I look at this chart right here in terms of where I would look I'm not a big believer of Pat Narduzzi even though he's over exceeded expectations this year I can only look at two teams in particular Wake Forest and NC State right here right now if Virginia and their quarterback uh, Brennan Armstrong was healthy. Broke his w- rib this past weekend and the loss to BYU. I might take a flyer on Virginia, but with the backup quarterback the rest of the way, going to be very difficult. So I can only look at Wake and NC State as ma- making the road to the ACC championship and potentially winning it right here.
1: And it's a huge shame for the Hughes as well because when you look at what Brennan Armstrong was doing this year, one of the leading passers in all of college football, Virginia's defense, not great. But UVA's offense, especially that passing attack under Brennan Armstrong, was certainly electrifying. So that a huge knock. What are Virginia right now, 4-2 and two in conference action. They have two losses, and they play in the Coastal Division. So as you try to pair this up, you need to see what the paths are like to the ACC title game. Pittsburgh is still in the top spot in the Coastal. They are 3-1 and one in conference play, falling to another Coastal foe in Miami this weekend. Virginia, 4-2. and two. Virginia, the only other two-loss team in the Coastal division. So there is a path technically for UVA, but it gets a lot harder to do without Brennan Armstrong. So that's why Pitt is still the favorite, despite getting upset at home by Miami, because of their path through the Coastal Division. Meanwhile, on the other side, Joe is spot on. It's Wake Forest and it's NC State. Wake Forest is now ranked 10th in the AP poll. They are a perfect 8-0 overall, 5-0 in ACC play. But they have North Carolina this weekend. Then they have NC State in two weekends from now. And then also Clemson as well. So a very strong stretch for Wake Forest to prove their medal as one of the favorites to win the ACC. NC State only 50 cents behind them right now. And NC State, despite having a loss in conference play to Miami, not as impactful because Miami's in the Coastal. The Wolfpack are in the Atlantic. And NC State already has that win secured over Clemson. So that matchup. Between NC State and Wake Forest in two Saturdays from now, very well might decide who wins the Atlantic Division and who could potentially win the ACC Conference Championship overall. So, Joe, we talked about Wake Forest. Plus 350, the second shortest odds right now to win the ACC. A huge matchup in Chapel Hill this upcoming Saturday night against North Carolina. The Demon Deeks, despite being the unbeaten side and the ranked team at 10th in the country, getting points on the road getting two and a half points to be exact against an unranked foe in north carolina the tar heels laying two and a half at home that over under total for saturday's contest 75 and a half so wake forest coming off another win to remain unbeaten north carolina losing to notre dame this past saturday an early approach here on this monday morning joe lisi how do you see this game playing out between wake forest and north carolina
0: well, last year it was a shootout in uh, Chapel Hill, 59 uh, 53. Sam Howell outdueled Sam Hartman in that ballgame. North Carolina, I believe, fell behind 21 nothing in the first quarter of that matchup. And so it was a dynamic performance by Wake offensively. Now, when you look at this matchup, they're two and a half point dogs. They are the more complete team. I like what they have in terms of their. They're just chemistry overall. Sam Hartman, Christian Beal Smith, Roberson, the big play wide receiver. They can score at will, and they're a confident bunch. I think in order for North Carolina to win this game, They're going to have to challenge the front seven of Wake Forest that's given up well over 180 rushing yards per game. Ty Chandler and that offensive line are going to need to wear them down. Uh, Early lean, I go to Wake just because I was on North Carolina last week. They didn't get the backdoor cover against Notre Dame. Was that their Super Bowl? The emotional letdown. Now they come back home, even though they're favorite. They're coming off a loss, and I I don't like that recipe. So early on, I would lean to wake, but I'll be breaking down this game a little bit later in the day. Yeah, these trends right
1: now. Wake Forest has only been booked as an underdog once this season prior. They won outright as a three-and-a-half-point underdog, beating Virginia 37-17. to 17. So a dominant win as an underdog. So 1-0 and ATS, also a money-line sprinkle for Wake Forest winning that game. They are plus 116 currently on that money-line against UNC. Meanwhile, the Tar Heels, 3-5 ATS this year. They have been a favorite in every game except this past Saturday against notre dame so three and five against the number this year for north carolina that total intrigues me 75 and a half we've seen some lofty totals for both of these teams we saw wake forest two saturdays ago playing a 70 to 56 ball game against army we have seen totals in the 70s for north carolina but this 75 and a hook would be the highest total if it stands at that number for both wake and unc this year North Carolina five of their eight games to the over Wake Forest five of their eight games to the under North Carolina is allowing nearly 31 points per game to their opponent Wake not much better 25 points per game so the potential is there for a shootout like we saw last year in 2020 but the total is very very lofty for this Saturday's contest in Chapel Hill between North Carolina and Wake Forest so the ACC a little bit of a toss-up right now everybody with plus money next to their prices right now on the conference odds boards on the FanDuel Sportsbook. That is the case as well in the Pac-12, although Oregon is the favorite at even money, plus 100 right now as the favorites to win the Pac-12 Conference Championship on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Utah, Joe, not far behind the Oregon Ducks, only 10 cents of difference at plus 110. Utah took advantage of a huge opportunity on Saturday, absolutely whooped, UCLA at home, 44 24, covering as a five and a half, six and a half point favorite. They had a huge opportunity to retain a big prime position in the Pac 12 South division because of the matchup against UCLA. And then Arizona State, also, Joe, falling at home to Washington State as a 15 and a half point favorite in Tempe on Saturday. So Utah in pole position in the Pac 12 South. Oregon in pole position in Pac-12 North. The favorites right now to win the conference at plus 100. Oregon won and beat Colorado on Saturday, 52-29. to Didn't quite cover as a 24-and-a-half, 25-and-a-half point favorite, but still the favorites right now overall, Joe, to win the Pac-12.
0: Yeah, this is intriguing because I think you only look at the top three teams. Obviously, Oregon and Washington are going to square off this weekend in Seattle, one of the bitter most rivalries in terms of the Pac-12. These teams absolutely hate each other, and you saw Washington get back on track. Dylan Morris engineered a last-minute drive to give them the outright win over the Stanford Cardinal as a a two-and-a-half-point dog. And I love the way Utah and Cam Ryzen are playing, but they're a much better home team than they are on the road. They go this Friday night as a seven-point favorite on the road to face the Stanford Cardinal. I like them early on in that matchup. And Utah and Oregon will square off later in the month in Salt Lake City So this is very intriguing. I mean, early on, I'd still say it's Oregon, but I really like the way Washington and Utah are playing right here, right now from a defensive perspective at the end of the year.
1: So the Ducks still beat Colorado in a big way, winning by 23 points, but as a 24-and-a-half, 25-and-a-half-point favorite, they did not cover at home on Saturday. They are 0-6 As favorites this year against the number are the Oregon Ducks. Meanwhile, Washington has won two straight in Pac-12 competition, but by an average of just six points per game that includes a 21 to 16 win over arizona two saturdays ago arizona one of two remaining winless teams in all of college football so what exact confidence does washington inspire this upcoming saturday they are at home there will be a six and a half point underdog that over under total 51 and a half so the huskies just two and six against the number this year one and two as in three games as dogs this year against oregon 0-6 as favorites this year against the number, not covering by more than a touchdown per game. We look at this upcoming Saturday, even this week in college football. Matching, baby, that's next. back here on the morning after on sports grid sirius xm channel 204 i'm your host ben stevens joined by joe lisi sports grid cfb analyst for the entirety of this second hour on your morning monday morning on the morning after and starting today joe for the next so many days past the monday following thanksgiving we have football on every single night that includes the nfl tonight on a monday night but that also means that matchin is starting in the college football race. So, as of yesterday until the Monday following Thanksgiving, football on your television screens every single night. And matchin begins tomorrow in what is our favorite Tuesday and Wednesday slates throughout the college football season in the month of November. There is three games tomorrow night to begin matching on a Tuesday. But the one game I want to focus on, Joe Lisi, is Eastern Michigan and Toledo. When you look at these odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, Toledo at home, laying eight and a half points tomorrow. The over-under total, 53 and a half. The reason I highlight this game as opposed to the others in the Mac, you could argue this is the best matchup of the night. It is the second biggest spread. It is eight and a half in favor of Toledo. Miami of Ohio and Ohio is only a seven and a half point spread in another game. But just excited to have Maction back, Joe Lisi. What do you know about the Mac? How can we get people set for some action that begins tomorrow night?
0: Well, I tell you what—the month of November is chilly throughout the conference. If you ever stand on the sidelines for a MAC game, I, I cheer you because I've done it multiple times when Terry Bowden was the head coach in Akron for the Zips. And it gets cold, it gets bitter, and that's what true college football fans are. And this matchup in the Glass Balls—fantastic ball game between Eastern Michigan and Toledo—and when I break down the e. The early cap of overall, I have to take the points with Eastern Michigan. The spread leads me to believe that in terms of the eight and a half. I'm always a buyer of an underdog on the road with the eight and a half point number going up against a very high octane offense in Toledo. Total early on, 53-and-a-half, I would lean to the under because I think Eastern Michigan wants to run the football, sustain drives, keep that high-powered offense of Toledo on the sidelines. Toledo has played uh, some some games in the mid-40s as well this year, so we'll see how it plays out. But early on, I'm going under in Eastern Michigan with the points in this matchup. I think the overall
1: thought for the first Maction game of the year has to be an under until proven otherwise, but things do get crazy, (laughs) which leads to points in weird, weird ways throughout Maxion. Right now, both Eastern Michigan and Toledo, two and two in conference play in the MAC. EMU, five and three against the spread this year, covering by an average margin of more than a field goal per game. Toledo, just four and four, not covering by an average margin of 0.2. Points per game, so not not covering by a very big margin. Should be a very exciting start. Some of those other games in the MAC: Ball State laying 19 and a half against Akron on the road tomorrow. That over under total 57 and a half. Akron has really really struggled this season. And then again, Miami of Ohio also laying seven and a half points on the road against the Ohio Bobcats, who have just one win this year. After Frank Solich resigned or left, he pretty much retired before this season got underway. Still in an advisory role with the Ohio Bobcat football program, but no longer the head coach. And maybe that might be why the Bobcats struggling a little bit so far this year. So, Joe, as we look through a couple of other games on this Monday morning, to give you the early look ahead spots ahead of a Saturday slate in the first weekend of November for college football, another game I want to look at is a team we highlighted earlier. Michigan State, a perfect 8-0, coming off a huge win against Michigan this past weekend. 6-1-1 one and one against the number, now ranked fifth in the country. The Spartans only lay in two and a half, only a two and a half point favorite against uh, Purdue this upcoming weekend. And when you look at this number, slightly intriguing to see Michigan State, only a two and a half point favorite on the road, I understand, in West Lafayette against Purdue, an over-under total of 52-and-a-half. Is the thought here, Joe, an emotional letdown after a huge game in the Paul Bunyan Trophy against Michigan, that being the reason? Sparty, only a two-and-a-half-point
0: favorite? Well, I think that's one of the reasons. Obviously, you get a monumental victory over an arch rival. You're undefeated, 8-0. Mel Tucker, you know, hitting on all cylinders. Kenneth Walker in that offense. So I think that's what you're seeing. But I think, secondly, when you look at the football matchup, of this ball game we look at Purdue's offense right struggled a little bit against nebraska but still grinded out that victory from an offensive philosophy perspective with aiden o'connell and that passing attack with david bell they have the ability to challenge the weakness of michigan state's defense which in fact is the secondary cade mcnamara j.j mccarthy they had success not just on the ground but through the air and now michigan state has to travel after that emotional win On the road, that's where Purdue, I think, will will pose a problem. So early on, I'm inclined to take the short number here of the two and a half with the Boilermakers and also might strike the upset with plus 118 on the money line. I know Michigan State's undefeated. I know they're the best team right now in their half of the division, but I'm going to take Purdue with the points early on in this ballgame.
1: Michigan State, Joe is correct, is the worst passing defense in the Big Ten Conference, allowing more than 300 passing yards per game to their opponent. We saw a Michigan team that had the seventh highest rushing play percentage in the country, running the ball nearly 68% of their plays. Take advantage of that on Saturday. Cade McNamara was efficient. Why throw in J.J. McCarthy when you're up by a score? I'm not entirely sure, but Jim Harbaugh made his decision. It led to that Michigan State comeback, but... If there is a point on defense where the Spartans are susceptible, it is in that passing attack. And Purdue averages over 300 passing yards per game offensively, the third best passing offense in the Big Ten Conference. I still think the market, although has undervalued Michigan State pretty much at every turn this year, still a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yes, I get that, under the number of three, after the huge emotional come-up of knocking off your rival in a 16-point comeback victory. But still, Michigan State, I think, has proved the market wrong time and again. It will be hard to rally and to turn around to be ready for a team in Purdue that loves to play spoiler. Especially as the underdog at home, but I think the Spartans probably can handle that small spread, but it is an indication from the manual sports sportsbook. This is going to be a very, very tight game on Saturday in West Lafayette. So we've highlighted Georgia a lot Joe and rightfully so, the unanimous number one team in the country, incredibly, incredibly dominant. Minus 200 to win the SEC right now. Minus 110 is the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. A 38 and a half point favorite against Missouri on Saturday. Alabama the second shortest odds to win the SEC the second shortest odds to win the national championship and Alabama fresh off a bye week gets LSU in a game we hoped would be competitive but right now if you look at the odds Bama laying 28 and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook as the home favorites at Brian Denny in Tuscaloosa on Saturday against the Bayou Bengals a big spread a rather big total of 66 and a half for this game between LSU and Alabama. So Joe, do you think that Bama can cover a 28 and a half point 4 touchdown spread against LSU?
0: Of course, they covered this number last year, Ben, as a twenty-nine and a half, thirty and a half point favorite. Line opened up mm. at twenty-nine and a half on the road. They bet it up, I think, that game time, thirty and a half thirty-one last year in Death Valley. Now we know that Ed O'Geron it will no longer be the coach, so this is maybe a gutty effort. Both teams are coming off a bye week, but LSU was supposedly so banged up they couldn't practice for like two or three days last week. How are they going to show in this ballgame? On principle alone, I have to take the four touchdowns. I know Alabama, top team in the SEC with Georgia. They dominated Tennessee. They went sort of rope-a-dope with Josh Heupel and the crew and still found a way to cover that line, 24-and-a-half by 28 points in Tuscaloosa. But this is a rivalry game. I think the only way LSU has a shot to cover this number is if they shorten it, run the football with Ty Davis-Price. I would take the 28-and-a-half. Alabama wins, but LSU does, in fact, cover this number.
1: Alabama 5-and-3 against the spread this year, but because of a couple of upset losses, namely that one on the road in College Station against Texas A&M, they actually have a negative cover margin throughout this season. Another very big spread in favor of the Tide, 28-and-a-half against LSU. We will see what Nick Saban and company look like on Saturday as they try to make sure they are ready in the SEC West to get ready for what everybody is thinking is a potential showdown against Georgia. We talked about this late last week as well, Joe. You had a market up on the FanDuel Sportsbook where entering the weekend, Georgia to be an undefeated national champion was plus 250. The no had minus money at minus 360. And then Alabama's CFP odds entering the weekend were minus 200 which is a clear indication that if Alabama is minus 200 to make the college football, that means they have to win the SEC title game, which means they would be a favorite against Georgia after UGA's performance against Florida this past Saturday. I'm not so sure Alabama would be a favorite anymore, but a 28 and a half point favorite against LSU this upcoming weekend. Joe, this weekend in El Paso, we have a great college football game between UTSA and, and utep maybe not two names that you would think of as a great college football game in years past but the roadrunners of texas san antonio one of those six remaining unbeaten teams left in college football utsa will be an 11 and a half point favorite against utep this upcoming weekend joe what have you made of the roadrunners now firmly in the ap top 20 as things stand throughout this college football season
0: well, their head coach, Jeff Traylor, has done a fantastic job, has a solid quarterback in Frank Harris. They're disciplined. They like to run the football, work off a of play action, a disciplined defense that's very opportunistic as well. And the Sun Bowl for UTEP, one of the best landscapes in all of college football, my favorite bowl game every year. And you look at UTEP right now, 6-2. and two, They did cover as an 11 and a half point dog on the road in FAU, lost that ball game, 28-25. to 25. They're going to need to step up in this matchup, but I think the physicality of the offensive and defensive lines for UTSA to me is is the difference. I think they cover this line early on, and Jeff Trailer, if I'm not mistaken, just got signed to a five-year extension by the university, yeah. so he deserves it. He's a name that's being mentioned with potentially some other jobs like Texas Tech and maybe even TCU now with Gary Patterson moving on.
1: Yeah, the extension and the respect for Jeff Trailer is huge for a program like UTSA showing a clear investment into their football program. It's how you keep some of these teams in the Group of Five conference, and this being for UTSA currently in CUSA, although they will go join the American. That's how you keep great talent as your head coach there at your program. So UTSA, not only one of the six remaining unbeaten straight up this year at a perfect 8-0, and the Roadrunners. Seven and one against the number, one of those three teams remaining that only have one loss, a single loss against the number in college football. The second best cover percentage in the country. The only team with a better cover percentage, of course, I will mention them. My alma mater, the Syracuse Orange. Eight and one against the spread this year is SU. So UTSA laying 11 and a half on the road against UTEP, who also Joe Lisi. Six and two against the number this year. Should be a great, great game in El Paso this weekend between the Miners and the Roadrunners. Tomorrow, the first college football playoff rankings of the year are going to be released. What does the CFP selection committee make of all the madness we have seen this year in college football? Before we hear from the CFP selection committee, we hear from Joe Lisi. We get his CFP top four entering tomorrow's first rendition of these rankings on the other side of the break as we play guess the line we guess the four lines the four teams in the college football playoff as joe lisi sees it right now you're listening on sirius xm channel 204 all across the sports grid network the morning after is coming up next Closing out hour number two of the morning after on this Monday morning, the first day in the month of November. You are listening on Sirius XM channel 204, watching all across the Sports Grid Network for the entirety of this second hour with Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Before we say goodbye to Joe, because we are on the precipice of the first edition of the college football playoff rankings tomorrow night, we need to hear it from Joe's mouth first. Let's play Guess the Line. All right, Joe Lisi, not just one line, four lines, more so four teams that you think will be in the first selection committee CFP ranking top four tomorrow. Joe Lisi,
0: CFP top four at this moment is who? Let me hear it, Joe. It's going to be Georgia, Michigan State, Alabama, and I'm going to have Oregon in there. Oh, my God. You have Michigan State number two in the country? I do based off the performance because they're undefeated in the Big Ten. I think the fact that they're undefeated off that performance against another undefeated team on basically a 12 o'clock window where most of the nation got to see that and we saw Cincinnati with back to back lackluster wins. Michigan State has to be in the top four, in my opinion, along with Oregon. Even though Oklahoma undefeated, they've been living dangerously. I think if both teams Mm. played right here, right now, I would give the edge to the Oregon defense.
1: So, Georgia, unanimously number one. I agree with that. Michigan State number two. You will get no argument from me. Alabama number three certainly will be a part of the top four. Oregon at four, maybe giving them the love past Ohio State based on that matchup head to head that the Ducks won, and then Oklahoma finds itself on the outside, Joe. I agree with you there. Where will Cincinnati fall in the CFP rankings? Joe Lisi, Sports Grid CFP analyst, each and every weekday, Sirius XM channel 204, starting at noon, pro football full circle, into college football full circle. Joe, as always, appreciate your time, my friend.
0: Anytime, Ben. Love the show. And we love having you here,
1: Joe Lisi. Hour three of the morning after, it's happy hour. Coming up next on the other side of the break on the grid.